I don't know how I should feel about the article that I'm going to share with you in this podcast today. Should I be happy about it or should I be sad? You be the judge. Welcome to my take. Well, it's not my take. It's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to my take. Pastor Crespo here. My take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. Thank you for joining the podcast and being part of the My Take family. As usual, like, share, subscribe, let people know that the podcast exists. Anybody who can benefit from something to get their mind off of the negativity that seems to be out there all the time, this is the place they need to, to come to. This is the podcast that they need to listen to. Let's get into it. So I got a story here. This comes from Fox News, and I'm not sure if I should feel good about it or not. And I'll explain to you as I share the article here. The article's title is this, Colorado Wildlife Authorities to Kill Reservoir Fish and Restock with Native Trout in a New Restoration Project. Well, that was a handful. I'm going to put my cheaters on because I made the mistake of printing this article out in too small of a font. Uh, a reservoir in Colorado is undergoing a restoration project that will bring native Rio Grande cutthroat back. Excuse, sorry, Rio Grande cutthroat trout back. But all other fish will be killed. Now, the Colorado Parks and Wildlife was, uh, announced on Thursday that the Rito Hondo Reservoir, which is rest of, west of the city of Creed, has been lowered for dam repair work and an eventual rotenone treatment that will remove non-native brook trout. Now, what, what's going on here? Okay, so this dam, there's a dam here near the, the town of Creed in Colorado. They, are, they have a dam, and they need to do some repairs on the dam. So what they've decided to do, anytime you do work on a dam, you lower the water level in the reservoir so that you can do the work. But what this has done is this has given an opportunity to the Colorado Parks and Wildlife to deal with a problem that they have. And that is this, and that the the reservoir, this body of water, has been tainted, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. I, it's not spoiled. The water hasn't been spoiled. But what's happened is they have had an invasive species of trout that has come in and has taken over and has changed the dynamic, changed the ecology of the lake by removing, destroying the native trout that are there. And the native trout are the... Rio Grande cutthroat trout. That's a long name. I hope it's a big fish. But the Rio Grande cutthroat trout has been pretty much pushed out by these brook trout that have come in. And so what they want to do is they're going to lower the level of the water, fix the dam, but at the same time, they're going to treat the water with rotenone. And rotenone is supposed to be a, uh, it's a pesticide. It's supposed to be a organic pesticide. And what it does is, you know, obviously pesticides deal with plants and things, but one of the things that it also is known for is that it is deadly to fish. Anything with gills, it will kill. So the plan for the CPW or the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Department is that they're going to lower the level of the dam. When they do that, they're going to treat the water and kill off all the fish. Now their goal, their hope is that they're going to start this now. They're going to kill the fish. They're going to let it sit for this coming winter. And then in the spring, then they're going to restock this reservoir with the native uh, Rio Grande cutthroat trout. That's, that's quite a handle for you. 
Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Now, this article goes on to talk a little bit about the importance of this. They they really, in their from their point of view, they really don't have a choice. The native Rio Grande cutthroat trout have been either completely eliminated or pushed out by these brook trout that have come in. And if you know anything about this type of thing, um, you know, I live in upstate New York, and I'm not a big I'm not a big boater eater either. I don't go out. On, on the lakes. But one of the things that we know that we deal with here is the invasion of zebra mussels. And these things will attach themselves to boats. They'll attach themselves to anything in the water. And they, they're trying to make sure that when you go in one body of water and you pull your boat out, that one of the things you need to do, you need to wash it off. You need to take a hose and wash that thing off. To, and uh, if you have a water intake, to expel everything out of there because they don't want these zebra mussels going from body of water to body of water. It creates a problem. They feed on the fish that are there. And it, it, it again, it changes the ecology. It changes what's happening. And so these are, I don't know if you would call uh, the CPW an environmental group in the sense, uh, you know, in, in the sense that they're trying to save the environment as much as what they're trying to do is they're trying to preserve the original order of things, the ways things were before. Now, uh, as I was reading this article, one of the things that, that was interesting is that they their, um, their plan to kill these fish off is, I mean, it's a pretty serious plan. This herbicide kills anything that has gills. But they're, they're setting this stuff in the water to do this, and they feel that they don't have a choice because one of, one of two things is happening. Either the native brook, either the brook trout are destroying or eating and uh, taking the food that these other trout eat, and therefore these are dying off, or they are uh, hybridizing, uh, becoming hybrids. In other words, they're they're mating together to create some other trout, and they want to keep they want to keep it the way that it was. Now, here's something that I I, I just I'm going to be honest with you. I don't fully understand because you know if you if uh, I don't believe in evolution, but if you believe in evolution. Why are you complaining when you have this change of of what happens in the lakes with these different creatures coming in? Another thing that I don't understand is, you know, where where are the animal activists? You know, um, I just did a podcast about animal activists who were, and not animal activists, uh, climate activists who were gluing themselves to roads and and protesting the climate, going into art museums and throwing. Uh, food on paintings and, and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But here we have Ducks Unlimited and the CPW working in Colorado to to bring the water level down to kill all these fish so that they can restock in the spring. And I haven't heard of anybody complaining about that. So I, I am not sure what's going on there. I will definitely, I'm going to claim that that I know very little about that. But the reason that I wanted to share this article is because here here we have a story. Here we have a story of a government agency who wants to take extreme actions to restore their waters to the way they were. Because right now, it's a problem. And it's not a problem that developed overnight, but through through change, 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 eventually now the real grande cutthroat trout is no longer, um, it's, it's no longer native to those waters, and they want to restore balance. They want to go back to the beginning. By the way, if you... Um, 
if you think that the real grande cutthroat trout is i don't know what's going on in colorado you guys you guys got some long names so let me let me let me share um <clears throat> this last part of the article real grand cutthroat trout are one of three native trout species indigenous to Colorado. The other two species include Colorado River cutthroat trout, which are native to Colorado's western slope, and the greenback cutthroat, which are native to parts of Colorado's front range. Um, okay, that's cool. Uh, those are some long. We just call them trout where I come from. And, and, and more than that, I just call them fish. But, hey. You know, I'm not a fisherman, so. All right. Why am I sharing this article? All right. Here, here's, here's, here's my deal. Here's the reason for sharing this. Here's an entity that says, in order to restore the original, we have to destroy and kill what's already been taken over. The two cannot coexist. Here we have a government agency that's making a decision that these things cannot coexist with each other. We have to take some drastic action and destroy what's there, uh, almost, in essence, starting over again. Where is the Bible here? Is there anything in the Bible? Well, yes, there is. And, you know, this is a little bit, um, uh, I like to have fun on this podcast, but, you know, there are some serious themes in the Bible, some serious things in the Bible, and things that you cannot explain in just a short little podcast, but it may give you something to think about. And, of course, you can always email me if you have any question that's raised, mytakemc at gmail.com. But I don't know if you're familiar with this, if you're not a Bible student. But I want to talk for a moment about ancient Israel, you know, Israel in the Old Testament. If you follow the history of Israel, you find Abraham, kind of the first, you know, he's being called out of Iran, a place called the Ur of Chaldees. And he, and if you were to look at a map, he travels west. He goes up into what I would, what kind of modern-day Iraq, modern Iraq comes down, enter into what is now the land of Israel, down to Egypt, back and forth. <clears throat> but in these travels... Eventually, they find themselves in Egypt as a people, the children of Israel. They leave Egypt. They're freed. They were slaves there. They're freed. God takes them on the journey to, to the promised land, to Canaan, what is now the territory of Israel. And maybe, maybe some people don't realize that one of the things that they had to do is when they entered into the land of Canaan and fought with their enemies, they were instructed to kill everyone. They were instructed to kill everyone everyone. Now, if you read the story and you're not really sure, you can say, well, why would you kill everyone? Man, women, and so why were you doing that? Now, sometimes they took spoils, but there were times where God gave them explicit instructions. You are to kill everyone. Now, why would he do that? I mean, doesn't that seem kind of harsh? Well, similar to maybe what's happening in Colorado, that thing is a small microcosm. It makes, maybe helps us understand the Bible a little bit better. You see, what God was trying to do was keep Israel pure, keep Israel faithful, keep Israel in its original state of being dependent on Him. Any intermingling with these peoples who were worshiping demons would end up, would end up mixing up the religion of the Israelites, tainting that relationship with Him. Now, when you think about it, it seems harsh that God would say, I want you to wipe everyone out. We're starting from scratch. But the reason that he was telling them to do that is because it was the only way to ensure the survival of the people of Israel. 
Now, what am I talking about? Well, again, you need to understand the history. You need to understand what went on with Israel. Israel was a nation that they had a long history, but eventually the nation of Israel came to an end. They were taken over and dispersed by their enemies. Um, by the time Jesus comes on the scene of history, the Israelites were alive as a people, and they had their people, but they didn't have their own nation. They were under the thumb of the Romans. You know that it was about 2,000 years. In, in 1948, Israel declared itself a nation once again, much to the chagrin of the people who the Palestinians and the Arabs that were there, but they, 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 they established themselves as a nation. They have been fighting for their existence ever since. But they spent 2,000 years without being a, a, a recognized as a nation. Now, you can follow it back and back and back, but what it comes down to is this. Sometimes people don't like to hear it, but it was, it was the intermingling of themselves with people that did not believe in God that weakened them. And when they became weak, then they lost what God had given to them. The inheritance that God had set for them was lost because they intermingled with people, nations, customs that had nothing to do with God. Hmm. So maybe the idea of completely wiping out and starting all over again, maybe it's not such a bad idea after all. Maybe God wasn't being mean. Maybe God was trying to protect the people of Israel. Now, there's something else that this news article reminds me of, not just the situation with Israel in the Old Testament. It reminds me of something in the New Testament as well. It's something that you and I would do well if we were to pay attention to. You know, I'll, let me share a story with you. The Bible tells the story uh, of the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul is talking to a church in Corinth, the city of Corinth, and something is going on there. Let me share this with you. We're going to switch gears a little bit, but not too, too much. Let me read this to you. And I know reading doesn't always work, especially in the podcast, but here is 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It says this. Paul is speaking. He says, it's reported commonly that there is fornication among you, as, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that, that one should have his father's wife. And you are puffed up and, and have not rather mourned that he has done this deed, that he might be taken away from among you. He says this, For I verily, as absent in body but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that did this deed. Are you following? Paul is complaining to the church. Guys, is, this has come to me that, that you have in your church someone who is committing fornication, but the type that is not even the evil people talk of do this type of thing, that a man would be sleeping with his father's wife? He says, I'm not there physically, but I'm telling you, I've already made a judgment about what's going on here. And he says this, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together and my spirit is with you, but the power of the Lord Jesus, that you deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, again, sometimes reading doesn't work, but Paul is saying this, look, guys, you need to cast this person out. You need to discipline this person. Because if you don't discipline this person, he's going to lose his salvation. He's doing something wrong, and you're acting like it's no big deal. He's among you doing this, and you're going on about your business, not realizing this is a problem for his own salvation. But it's verse 6. It's verse 6 that is important, really, for this podcast. And it's this. He says, your glorying is not good. 
Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? What what is he saying? Well, guys, you know what yeast is. You know when 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 you most people buy their bread from the store these days. But there was a time. There was a time when people used to make their own bread, you know, and, and one of the things that they do when they make their bread is they put a little yeast in it, let it rise, get a little bit bigger. And uh, there's, boy, there are a few things better than homemade bread, I got to tell you. Mm, slap some butter on that bad boy. Woo! But anyways, I digress. But if you want the thing to grow, sometimes people put a little yeast in it and, it, and, it, and, and the thing will grow and you get a nice loaf there. But Paul is using the example of yeast leaven. He's using the example of yeast. He says, if you have a little bit of yeast, it will make the whole thing grow. In other words, a little bit of sin can infect the whole church. And Paul is saying, you need to take action because whether you realize it or not, maybe to you it's not a big deal. Maybe to you it's, it's not wrong. But what you're doing is you're jeopardizing the salvation of this man and implication by implying also you're you're impacting the salvation of the people in the church also because if you tell if you tell people that this thing is okay then what's to stop other people from doing the same thing you see sometimes sometimes you need to realize that you can't have a little bit of a bad thing because eventually the little bit of a bad thing will become a lot of a bad thing and just like the CPW is dealing with this invasion of trout in their waters, just like, you know, we're talking about Israel when they came into the promised land, that they had to do away with these devil worshipers, demon worshipers, lock, stock, and barrel in the spiritual life, in the church, in your own spiritual life, you have to do the same thing. Now, I asked at the very beginning of the podcast, or I said at the, very, at the very beginning of the podcast, that I'm probably going to ask you maybe the hardest question that you'll ever, ever ask yourself, and that's this. What is there in your life that is a potential danger spiritually? What is going on in your life that you may think is not a big deal, but what is in your life that you think is a potential danger to you. Is it that friendship with that coworker? Is it the friendship with the coworker that, you know, may, maybe you might even say, oh, that's my work wife or that's my work husband. It's a joke. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Well, if you open the door a little bit, remember the, remember the real grande cutthroat trout. <laughs> remember what happened to Israel when they were supposed to go into the promised land? Remember Paul's statement to this group, this church in Corinth, you need to deal with this. Salvation is, in, is, is, is uh, potentially going to be impacted here. Is it, is it maybe your attraction to things that are not that healthy? What are you looking at on the Internet? What are your relationships? Who are your friends that you hang out with? Do you only drink a little bit of alcohol? Do you only do a little bit of drugs? The toughest question that I think you can ask yourself, one of the hardest questions you'll ever ask yourself, is that is there anything in my life that's a potential danger? And the reason I ask that is because there is always a danger of going too far. Because really the only way to be free of any danger, of any spiritual danger whatsoever, is to lock yourself in an 8 by 8 room with nothing but a bed, water, bread, and a Bible. And that's it. And maybe a little window for you to see the sunlight once in a while. It's the only way. But you can't live that way. So how do you find the balance? 
Oh, friend, today I want to tell you in this podcast the importance, the importance of trying to stay pure, trying to stay true. In this case, I'm talking about the principles in the Bible. The importance of not letting in invade, not letting things invade your life, whether it's friends, music, TV, whether it's popular culture. Try to remain pure. Otherwise, you may have to take drastic measures like the CPW took, like the children of Israel had to take when they entered the promised land. That's a tough thing, but sometimes you have to do it. Friend, what is in your life that is a potential danger spiritually? Ask yourself the hard question. Ask God to reveal it to you. And then, then ask for the courage to take action. That's my take. And that's inspiration to go. 